Chapter Fourteen of Timothy Crump's Ward by Horatio Alger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen: Doubts and Fears. Well, what kept you so long? Asked Peg impatiently as Ida rejoined her at the corner of the street where she had been waiting for her. And where's your gingerbread? He wouldn't let me have it," said Ida. "And why not?" because he said the money wasn't good stuff it's good enough said peg hastily then we must go somewhere else but he said the dollar i gave him last week wasn't good and i promised to bring him another tomorrow or he wouldn't have let me go well where are you going to get your dollar to carry him why won't you give it to me said ida hesitatingly catch me at such nonsense but here we are at another shop go in and see whether you can do any better there here's the money why it's the same piece what if it is i don't want to pass bad money tut what hurt will it do it is the same as stealing the man won't lose anything he'll pass it off again somebody'll have to lose it by and by said ida whose truthful perceptions saw through the woman's softened spree so you've taken up preaching have you said peg sneeringly maybe you know better than i what is proper to do it won't do to be so mighty particular and so you'll find out if you live with me long where did you take the dollar asked ida with a sudden thought and how is it that you have so many of them none of your business said her companion roughly you shouldn't pry into the affairs of other people are you going to do as i told you she demanded after a moment's pause i can't said ida pale but resolute you can't repeated peg furiously didn't you promise to do whatever i told you except what was wicked interrupted ida and what business have you to decide what is wicked come home with me peg walked in sullen silence occasionally turning around to scowl upon the unfortunate child who had been strong enough in her determination to do right to resist successfully the will of the woman whom she had every reason to dread arrived at home peg walked ida into the room by the shoulder dick was lounging in a chair with the inevitable pipe in his mouth hello he said lazily observing his wife's movements what's the gal been doing eh what's she been doing repeated peg i should like to know what she hasn't been doing she's refused to go in and buy some gingerbread of the baker as i told her look here little gal said dick in a moralizing vein isn't this rather undoofully conduct on your part ain't it a piece of ingratitude when we go to the trouble of earning the money to pay for the gingerbread for you to eat that you ain't willing to go in and buy it i would said ida if peg would give me good money to pay for it that don't make any difference said the admirable moralist just do as she tells you and you'll do right she'll take the risk i can't said the child you hear her said peg very improper conduct said dick shaking his head put her in the closet so ida was incarcerated once more in the dark closet yet in the midst of her desolation there was a feeling of pleasure in thinking that she was suffering for doing right 
when ida failed to return on the expected day the crumps though disappointed did not think it strange if i were her mother said mrs crump and had been parted from her so long i should want to keep her as long as i could dear heart how pretty she is and how proud her mother must be of her it's all a delusion said aunt rachel shaking her head it's all a delusion i don't believe she's got a mother at all that mrs hardwick is an impostor i knew it and told you so at the time but you wouldn't believe me i never expect to set eyes on ida again in this world i do said jack confidently there's many a hope that's doomed to disappointment said aunt rachel so there is said jack i was hoping mother would have apple pudding for dinner to-day but she didn't the next day passed and still no tidings of ida there was a cloud of anxiety even upon mr crump's usual placid face and he was more silent than usual at the evening meal at night after rachel and jack had both retired he said anxiously what do you think is the cause of ida's prolonged absence mary i don't know said mrs crump seriously it seems to me if her mother wanted to keep her longer than the time she at first proposed it would be no more than right that she should write us a line she must know that we feel anxious perhaps she's so taken up with ida that she can think of nothing else it may be so but if we neither see ida to-morrow nor hear from her i shall be seriously troubled suppose she should never come back said the cooper sadly oh husband don't think of such a thing said his wife distressed we must contemplate it as a possibility returned timothy gravely though not i hope as a probability ida's mother has an undoubted right to her a better right than any we can urge then it would be better said his wife tearfully if she had never been placed in our charge then we should not have had the pain of parting with her not so mary said the cooper seriously we ought to be grateful for god's blessings even if he suffers us to possess them but a short time and ida has been a blessing to us i am sure how many hours have been made happy by her childish prattle how our hearts have been filled with cheerful happiness and affection when we have gazed upon her that can't be taken from us even if she is mary there are some lines i met with in the paper to-night that express just what i feel let me find them the cooper put on his spectacles and hunted slowly down the columns of the paper till he came to these beautiful lines of tennyson which he read aloud i hold it true whate'er befall i feel it when i sorrow most tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all there wife said he as he laid down the paper i don't know who writ them lines but i'm sure it's some one who's met with a great sorrow and conquered it they are beautiful said his wife after a pause and i dare say you're right timothy but i hope we mayn't have reason to learn the truth of them by experience after all it isn't certain but that ida will come back we are troubling ourselves too soon at any rate said the cooper there is no doubt that it is our duty to take every means to secure ida if we can of course if her mother insists upon keeping her we can't say anything 
but we ought to be sure before we yield her up that such is the case what do you mean timothy asked mrs crump with anxious interest i don't know as i ought to mention it said her husband very likely there isn't anything in it and it would only make you feel more anxious you have already aroused my anxiety said his wife i should feel better if you would tell me then i will said the cooper i have sometimes doubted he continued lowering his voice whether ida's mother really sent for her and the letter queried mrs crump looking less surprised than he supposed she would i thought mind it is only a guess on my part that mrs hardwick might have got somebody to write it for her it is very singular murmured mrs crump in a tone of abstraction what is singular why the very same thought occurred to me somehow i couldn't help feeling a little suspicious of mrs hardwick though perhaps unjustly but what object could she have in obtaining possession of ida that i cannot conjecture but i have come to one determination and what is that unless we learn something of ida within a week from the time she left here i shall go on to philadelphia or send jack and endeavor to get track of her End of chapter 14